Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Hacked History. My name is Jake, here always with uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Lucas. <laughs> Jacob Klahach. That's right, Lucas is Jake now and I'm Lucas. Uh, that's not true. Anyway, we're going to be talking about some more submarines today, Jake. Aren't we going to finish up the story that's from right. last time? My obsession continues to derail this podcast as long as I can manage it. We're just going to, just like the submarine, we're going to sink this podcast straight down to the bottom of the ocean. Fuck yeah, <laughs> and you know, talking about sinking submarines and all sorts of shit, I decided to go on... Sort of a half episode with this one in between talking about the actual sub-loss and talking about Project Azorian, which we'll get to in the next episode, probably after an episode from Lucas, because he's due to continue his espionage We're going to talk some good old-fashioned fried Nazis. <laughs> Nazis? Oh, yeah. On <laughs> um, the next propaganda episode, so you can get fried Nazis. look forward to that. Some um, country fried Nazis. Some country fried Nazis. Some down-home country fried Nazis. Good old Betty Crocker country fried good Nazis. old fucking what's-her-name? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have an aneurysm? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of her name. Oh, God. Oh, God, what's the butter lady? Paula Deen? Oh, yes. <laughs> Good old Paula Deen Nazis. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but um, before we get to our topic on today's episode, you know the drill, but just for the, just in case you don't, you can follow us on Facebook, Hacked History. Follow us on Instagram, Hacked underscore History. We got a TikTok, Hacked History. Uh, we got a Twitter account. You can search Hacked History and find us on there. Um, and you can also send any questions you have to History 101 at gmail.com. That's and right. We continue to share the same podcast name with all of those accounts, so if you can't find us, that's your problem. Like We don't make it cryptically hard, I promise. We, we are out there. Um, if you want to review us, we appreciate it. We actually got a couple of five-star uh, reviews on Good Pods. Hey, so shout out to our listeners nice. on Good Pods, giving us those reviews. You guys are really going to help us get back up in the algorithms, give us some more listens. Yeah, um, Apple Podcasts, what the fuck is your malfunction? If you haven't already, take a listen to our, our podcast promo we made. It's a good thing to share with friends that you might want to get uh, get listen to our podcast. If you like it, please share our podcast. We really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, listen to it together maybe, but... Do it on separate devices so we get the extra stream. That's right. <laughs> Listen to it together as a family, like a fireside chat. Make it a FDR. family event. But, but don't, don't around your kids. Please don't, don't listen around to it around your kids. Yeah, this that's is, not a good idea. And not, honestly, if you still do it around your kids, that's on you as a parent. Yeah, this is not a kid-friendly podcast. We are definitely into sharing history. but We earn we the are, explicit rating on purpose. We really do earn the explicit rating. But anyway, Jake, um, so where do we leave off our, our friends with the Russian submarine on the last episode? Okay. So, where we left off, basically, was we were discussing the mystery of K-129, which was a Russian ballistic missile submarine that in 1968 basically disappeared into, not without a trace, because they found it, but it disappeared under mysterious circumstances. So, as part of what I wanted to discuss, because obviously there's a vacuum of information here, a vacuum of evidence, I wanted to discuss some of the theories they came across regarding that submarine and how so, it was sunk. A little caveat here: we usually do some pretty, um, pretty like wrapped up, like defined history. This is what happened. Yeah. On this episode, you're gonna find we're gonna talk about a lot of things that we cannot verify. We are gonna give you yes. some. We're gonna give you some theories about what happened to the submarine because the fun part about this is nobody really fucking knows what happened. Not really, no. <laughs> so that. So that, we're going to talk about a couple of things, and we're going to talk about a couple of things that, I'm assuming, Jake, are pretty out there. But just know... So there's a couple of pretty out there ones. We yeah. are not buying into these theories. We might have some favorites as... We might pick some favorites as to what we personally think happened. But just know that everything you're going to hear in this episode is not necessarily going to be 
This it's is not the official opinion this of, is the not the official... of the podcast owners. Right, and I just, I just like to give that caveat, because when we just start discussing things that aren't necessarily, like, facts, for yes. say, um, I feel like it's necessary to put it out there. Just like we do with the po- the you know the propaganda episodes. Yeah. Just to make sure that no one listens to this and it's like, but these guys said that... <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's my greatest fear as a podcaster, is, like, when I'm doing this, and I listen to other podcasters that don't put that out there well enough, or they're like talking conspiracy theories and shit, and you know, basically, they're like, they don't believe <coughs> it. Show Rogan. <laughs> I mean, Show Rogan, but that, that fucking hard-boiled egg of a human being is a different scenario entirely. But he's like, too full of creatine and fucking beta, whatever the fuck that beta, brain thing is you can he's take. He's just that. been snorting cocaine, creatine, and fucking creosote. So, the fact is, though, that there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to <coughs> the last podcast, um, where they basically kind of discuss Listen, that they I are... will not allow you to slay the last podcast on a podcast. I, love I didn't say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> you did say that. Sure, <laughs> mom! Anyway, um, but there are a few podcasts that I listen to that are sort of smaller, but they are normally pretty like, we don't believe in the conspiracy theories, but what the hell, put them out there. And I always have to make sure it's like, as a podcaster... We do owe it to you as the listener to make certain that our position is fairly clear. We well, don't believe it. When we tread into interesting waters, we tend to, we tend to what? <laughs> no pun intended. We tend to want to make sure that you guys know uh, what we're going for, and so that you guys do not think that we're promoting conspiracy oh, theories God. because that's not the I point. I don't want to have that on me. Um, but anyway, Jake. Now that we've kind of established ourselves, um, where where are we at? So, where I started this episode and where I'm going to take this episode, because I want to make this as boring a lecture as humanly possible. <laughs> I don't. That's a lie. Is that there are a series of about four or five main theories regarding the submarine's loss. Now, if you are a naval historian, you probably have come across the fact that the submarine's loss has happened without any concrete evidence if you ever have just any knowledge of say undersea warfare or things of that nature a submarine on patrol pretty much is meant to be fairly sort of unnoticeable even to its own people and when it goes missing in this circumstance where it's a submarine with nuclear weapons on board you do tend to start to grasp for different theories based on the evidence that's provided. In most cases, the evidence is incomplete at best. So, there are four main theories on this situation. Number one, that obviously we should consider the fact that this is a submarine that went missing and everybody on board died. But the fact is, we don't know what happened. And that's where most of the theories revolve around. And that's the part where you you combine... Nuclear weapons <laughs> and an underwater sub, and not knowing where wh- in an what happened. Track pattern of patrol, and the fact that it's 1968, and we are not in the best of relations with the Soviet Union at yeah, this point. We touched on this last time, but it would be. I mean, it's the thing is, it's kind of similar to things that are happening now. And again, we don't want to compare too much to what's happening now because to use an overstated cliche, and I kind of hate when other podcasts do this, but. We want our episodes to be evergreen, which means you can listen at any point in time. But we're currently shit-dab in the middle of, what, three weeks of the Ukraine conflict? Three and a half. Three and three a half, half weeks. weeks. And yep. It'd be kind of like if there was a Russian uh, nuclear sub that just went fucking straight-up missing off the coast of the Ukraine right now. You could imagine what kind of shitstorm that would create. Yeah. Um, it's, it'd there be, are situations. It's similar to that. Yeah. 
in old times. Well, I mean, just recently, if we want to make a recent situation, um, the fact that about, I'd say tail end of February, maybe beginning of March, there was a Romanian MiG that went down, and it turned out it crashed in bad weather, but people for a while, because the internet is an unfiltered shithole that we were not ready to accept into our lives and reality, well, basically decided this, to say that the Russians might have shot down a NATO member aircraft. As we kind of go through these theories, too, uh, to kind of add my personal spin to your episode, because I love to make it mine. Oh, yeah, of course. You, <laughs> uh, love to, you love to draw back to your personal experiences and the fact no, that you're an only child. No, you didn't have to share I, the spotlight. No, what I do want to do is... Um, I want to kind of just take a moment to think about who might be spreading these theories and why yeah. to kind of add some of the propaganda angle to this. Because if you remember from the propaganda episodes, hopefully you're listening to this, plug, anyway, um, it's important, and this is just kind of a good thing to do just in general, it's important to think about where things are coming from and why they are. Yeah. Um, and not in, like, the everybody's trying to feed you bullshit so, like, nothing is true. Like, I do want to just be clear that sometimes people are just telling you real things. Um, but it's important to it's important to make sure you know that you're thinking critically about the information you get. Yeah, and obviously being skeptical in this case is especially within Cold War shit. It's always like a, either the extreme of like something very very basic or something extremely way out of left field, and that's kind of where we go on this because I started the theories at the most realistic to. Pretty much the least realistic. Just to sort of end off on a high note. Yeah, so, okay, so let's start in the waters of realism. What's the okay. first theory we've got here? So, to kind of give us a good understanding, there are four, again, I say four or five, but I narrowed it down I love your professor talking like, wait, before we can get into the theories, we, we first all the we way need back to, to 1775. We need to first understand why to fucking warfare. <laughs> we need to first ask ourselves, why submarines? <laughs> We gotta start back in 1863 when the Hunley was a real boat. Anyway, um, but ironclads. Let's talk pretty about much. It. Oh man, I'd love to fucking series on that. Monitor and Merrimack. We can talk about. Fuck this. yes, no. <laughs> I'm the only one on this. I'm the only one in the podcast land that's like jacked for that because I'm a, a nerd. Hey, at least we know that our shit is gonna be unique. Okay. That's right, man. I go big or go. Home. Who else is talking about this goddamn stuff? And to be honest with you, I'd I, love to hear a, a I, Civil War podcast. I'd love to know. Just no, but how like dry just specifically on this sub, I have not heard. I mean, I've not heard anybody talk about this until you brought this up. The fact like, it's is a pretty that obscure... no one does because most of it is still technically classified but that makes it a lot more fun it does so it really does let's start with the non-fun and let's end with the fun let's do it all right so there are four specific theories that were kind of put out to the world as to what might explain the loss of the submarine so at least put out at once or these different people putting out these theories over the period of time um the way that i best explain it was that so we're talking coming at different sources sorry i'm asking the same time or over a gradual you know. I'm sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions, no, but that's I just kind of want to understand no, that's that's how the flow of information here is happening. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying chronologically we start one place, and then we arrive at three different conclusions as the time I goes by? Of, or? I kind of just listed it based on it, because they sort of show up depending on when evidence sort of became available to okay. humans. Okay. Humans. To Americans, specifically, because... <laughs> the evidence was previously available only to fucking octopuses, but only to, only when, when the, they translated the fucking that, umbrella squid down when, about 16,000 When they feet. translated it from the squeals of the ocean to... <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes, yes. All right, all right, all right. 
That's just okay. okay. You, you right. gotta Sounds stop. Good. Sounds good. We're losing so many viewers. <laughs> you need to stop. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's really fucked the audio files out there. Um, no, I basically sort of just ran it like this. There were four main theories, and the fact was that. It, there was no specific date because obviously when it comes to conspiracy theories or just theories in general when it mm-hmm. comes to things like this, they start small and be gain traction over time based right. on evidence because obviously the wild evidence shit. Or, or inferred evidence. Or inferred evidence or evidence. But then, like I said, the way that I think about it like this is there's always a vacuum of evidence where theories come in. So well, because conspiracy theories. Where you truth. You start to see things like conspiracy theories yeah, because, because people exactly. and human beings try to basically say, "How can I make sense of well, this tra- it, like semi-traumatic?" And, and part of that—that's just natural. Humans yeah. are programmed to try to explain things that we do not have answers for. Yes, yes. So, like I said, again, I am not putting this in any sort of chronological order. I am basing it sort of on the most realistic to least realistic. Okay, because. So. It's just sort of where I'm at. So, there are, like I said, there are four. So, number one is a hydrogen explosion from the ship's batteries, which, again, we will list them first, and then we will go through each and every one sort of in detail. Okay, not, so not sort of in detail. We will hydrogen explosion. Detail. What? That's the first one. So, the, yeah. So, theoretically, a hydrogen explosion from the ship's batteries is number one. Number two is a possible collision with the USS Swordfish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That one is a bit of a jump up. That's a fun one. What's, um, what's number three? Number three is an explosion in the submarine's missile compartment. <laughs> okay, definitely see how Number we did. four is possible mutiny slash rogue submarine. <laughs> so, we go from number one is a uh, technical accident all the way to World War Three was about to start, and that was a... The submarine just decided to disobey everyone. Pretty much. Okay, so let's start with number one. So let's start with um, let's start with hydrogen explosion. So this one does sound the most realistic to me. It it does to a point, but actually, my I'll tell you sort of towards the end what my major. We'll save that. That'll be the last thing we do. We'll we'll save that discussion. We'll we'll, we'll both give our opinions. Yeah, I need to hear the facts first. Yeah, so let's start with the first one: is a hydrogen explosion. Yep. So according to the specifications of the Gulf Two. Submarine class. Submarine oh, batteries. Tactical. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the fucking details, now, Daddy. Now before someone looks at a blueprint, goes, "Well, actually, <laughs> I don't want to have to converse with that person." Jake will well. not respond to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to listen to the sweaty neckbeard on Reddit telling me how to fucking live my life. You don't know anything less than I do. So anyway, so shut the hell specifications. up. Specifications. What are we talking about yeah, here? So specifications of the Gulf Two class ballistic missile submarine. It kind of lies in the ship's batteries. So, prior to nuclear energy becoming sort of the norm for, say, submarines around the world. So, the subs that we have right now in the U.S. Navy, the Russian Navy, all of these different navies, most modern ones are run by a nuclear reactor. Because it's efficient, right? Yeah, it's efficient, it's quiet, it's very powerful. Yes. Um, The fact is, though, that a Gulf II was not that kind of submarine. It was basically run on the old-fashioned diesel-electric system. Uh, basically, when you think World War II submarines, that's what it was run off of. Yeah, so U-boats, which makes sense because we are yeah. not that far away from World War II. Well, we, we've we, kind we, of, yeah, in 68, we are really not that far away. No, I mean, you think about it, it's like 20 years ago. Yeah, we've just now begun to sort of normalize the idea of nuclear power as like a propulsion system for Navy ships. So... Basically, the Gulf II was, and that's where I stated in sort of the previous episode that that submarine was kind of outdated, was that it basically had this process where it would sit under and run on its batteries until the batteries became depleted, 
and then they would surface, let the diesels run, recharge the batteries, sink again, run, so, basically in that cyclical process. And explain to me the battery. Is that where the nuclear part of this is located, or no? Basically, think of it like a car. Okay, that's sort of what I'm. So, thinking, are we like talking a modern car? Are we talking about like like to give an analogy? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about like one of those cars that's Right, that can drive with gas, but also is electric. So, like, if if you run out of ga- electric power, you can switch to gas almost, and in you can kind of like pivot back in a weird way. So, my basic analogy is this: my standard automotive vehicle is this. Your battery, it does not have any sort of real way of recharging itself outside of running so be, on its engine. So it would kind of be like if your battery, like in your car, that yeah. runs the engine. I'm, I sound like an idiot right now. No, 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 it's fine. But if the battery no, 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 in your car is, is were to, like, die, you could switch to another source of power while Pretty that much, battery yeah. were to recharge Ideally, itself. you don't want the battery to get down to dead, but the lower it gets, the no. So instead of, like, jumper cables, you just have, like, a different mode Pretty of energy much, yeah. you could just flip And then to. you would just switch mode of, of propulsion, and then the okay. movement I mean, of the that, that, that is definitely... Get, I mean, that's yeah. an innovation. They definitely... It is, yeah. It, I mean, and considering it's, it's old innovation, which makes the submarine kind of... You know, vulnerable, but right. yeah, we could go into that for hours. We're not going to. Yep. Basically, though, the batteries on it were a lead-acid system. So what that means and why it's important is because a submarine, and any anybody who works with marine batteries will know, is that that basically means that the batteries specifically build up a explosive hydrogen gas during okay. the charging process. Yeah. So as the submarine is charging, basically what happens is the gas needs to be vented out of the sub, otherwise a buildup will literally cause a fucking explosion. Okay, so the idea here is that the gas was not being properly vented from the submarine, True. and then we had an explosion. True. So, the fact is this, is that if there was a failure to vent the gas properly, there was a buildup that would occur, and again, in a submarine, moving parts cause sparks. That is just the basic understanding right. of any sort of And if you know anything about what happens when a flammable gas is in the air, if you right. one spark is all it takes no, for basically, a yeah. massive problem. Pretty much. And so, according to the theory, is that if there was enough of an ignition, an explosion would be a distinct possibility. However, there's always been an existing danger, especially because this is something that has happened since submarines became a thing. Right. Right, so this is not new. So that, this is not something that we haven't dealt with. Like, this isn't the, like, beginning eras of underwater warfare. So what you're saying is they definitely should have been aware of this possibility. Right. And again, this is a very, very well-trained crew. These are people who know what they're doing, especially at this point in history of the Soviet Union. So let me ask you this. Is there a, is there a possibility, like, the vent could have, like, malfunctioned or something by itself? There Especially is, on an older submarine? That's Yeah, too, there is a possibility of that. There could be human error, mechanical error, it could be anything. The right. only problem with most of these theories is we lack evidence from the wreck to tell us exactly what happened. Because an explosion in a confined, in a confined space like a submarine means that basically the sub becomes confetti. Effectively. And by the way, these are not for lack of trying. People did go looking for the sub, and I'm not oh, gonna God, I'm, yes. I'm not gonna give anything away from you. No, no, no. We but will I, discuss that. But I do time. know a certain celebrity uh, personality oh, back yeah. in the day who went looking for it. Good old <laughs> Captain Tissue Box Shoes himself. Anyway, anyway um, like I said, the fact is that while it is a distinct possibility, this is the the fact is this would have to happen under an inexperienced crew. Right. They knew the dangers. 
this had been around for a while. This is not an unknown quantity so, I mean, of people it's, just figuring it it's out. It's kind of like if you're going to fly a... Um, Airplane. Like a Zeppelin. Yeah, that works too. But you know for a fact that if that thing springs a leak... Um. Yeah, it, there's a spark. You're gonna be in trouble because yeah. This is not the early days of aviation or, or submarine or anything like well, that. Well, and this is a whole other story. We can p- possibly do an episode on someday. But I don't know if you know about the Great British uh, Airship Race. Oh um, no! That is a they, basically the British people hired two people or the British government hired two people to like produce different well, airships. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two different airships, but one of them was like taking their time and like really like. You know, making it well. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was like really doing just it, washing, doing it, doing it well. and like it basically became like a such a shit pissing competition oh that like one of them like they knew like the one team knew that their airship could not fly safely, but they still fucking did it because they're like, no, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna <laughs> tell them we need more time. We can't do it. Our thing is bigger than the other one. But like secretly they were like scared. Secretly they were like writing their diary how scared they were that if they flew it they would oh never come God. back. And, like, th- I'm not going to spoil it, but it did not work out well. Um, so, it's yeah. one of those situations. Um, we will definitely... I will do the research in that episode because I want to. Uh, at some point, we will, at some point, we will definitely talk about that. But it, to bring it back, it's like a, it definitely was like a, they rushed, the, rushed this shit and they were fully aware of what could have happened, but they still did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why well, I bring that up. But. Well, and, and like I said, too, I mean, honestly... I've listened to this episode on a different podcast. It's very well known, and the people there are very professional. There's a comedian, and I think like a like an actual historian, but it's comedy, which is pretty hard to pull hey, off. Hey, 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 hey! We hey. are actual historians, okay? We both have we degrees are. in history. That's true. Bachelors. But That's yeah. all it takes. But one of the things that I remember was there was this um, siege of Paris that happened, and when you mentioned airships, I was just thinking of the story where like during the siege of Paris. I think, oh god, I can't remember the year. It wasn't during the night of the twentieth century. It was towards the nineteenth century. Gotcha. Where a guy decided to go up in a hot air balloon, and like they would just spread the hot air balloons out to leave the city, so people could know what was going on. And like one guy landed in England, and eight other dudes ended up in the Atlantic somewhere. Oh no, it was bad. So honestly, dude, hot air balloons fucking terrify me. I am never going in one of those things. That I- is the most like remote form of air transportation ever. It's just like get in this wicker basket and fucking fly. It's like, and I get 10, that. Feet above I get the that you're trained in it, but like, what about that one time that the, the balloon drunken pops? carny that's running the fucking thing? What about the one time the balloon pops? What are you doing? It's not even, like, the popping part. It's, like, when the engine runs out of gas and you just fall. <laughs> it's, like, you know, I'm not trying to fucking say, fuck it, we'll see what happens with my life. I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> it's not a, this is not a the fuck it list sort of thing. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the, the fact is that the warning signs that would have been given in this situation to sort of speak against the theory is that the crew would have known the dangers going in. They would not have just let the sub run without venting the gas. They would not have been dumb enough to do that. So we also have to remember, like, if something was wrong with the sub... Oh, God. If you think about, like, the Russian military and, like, the Russian mindset here, they may not have wanted to say anything. Because because there's a lot of retaliation and retribution going on in in Soviet Russia at this point in time. So even if the sub was wrong, like... Who's to say that, that they felt like they could have said something? Well, like I said, and the fact is, there's a lot of secrecy. There's a lot of secrecy that kind of stops us from knowing. I have searched and searched and searched. And obviously, the internet can only get me so far, and a FOIA request is probably going to get told no, fuck off. I mean, until we actually find that submarine, we may never know what happened. Well, the fun part is we did know. 
Well, we did find it, but we don't know publicly. Right. So, that See, being so said, there may be an answer, but we may not know it. The yet. CIA will not tell us. Well, that's not surprising. That's not surprising. <laughs> no. So the fact is this: is that one such situation in this case was that John Craven, who was the former chief scientist of the Navy Special Projects Office, who was pretty intimately, um, I'd say, involved in the process of the recovery of the submarine or partial recovery, basically stated that. While the idea of the battery explosion does seem feasible, the problem is, is that most of that evidence taken to that conclusion was coming from investigators who basically saw damaged batteries on the wreck and okay. came to the conclusion that the explosion had destroyed the vessel. However, the fact was that Craven states that once a submarine's batteries are exposed to cold seawater, regardless of the circumstance, they're going to explode. So the problem is there is whether they exploded before the the sunk or after, but there's no way to know because they would have exploded. I regardless when they would yeah, the water. That would not. It's not indicative enough. It's like saying, well, the like it's like the problem the is that suspect. that neither confirms nor denies anything. Pretty much, it's like saying the murder suspect could have been thrown out of the car because there were tire marks on the neck, or you could have rolled over it after they died. It doesn't right. like it's the same concept, unless you know for sure. That's kind of ruling it out. So, he basically, and I wanted to make this a point, was that he says it's an inevitable effect of a sinking and almost never a cause. Because you're never going to know, truthfully. It should, however, state that such accidents had happened in a post-World War II naval setting. Because a good example of this was the USS, and again, this is the word that they use, Cochino. Oh, God. Which sounds racist, but I have no fucking idea. The SS Enchilada is it's just bad. Yeah. It's just bad. Had, they had actually suffered a similar incident in 1949 when one of the batteries on the sub exploded, sending the fucker to the bottom. But the only reason that they knew that that happened was that the majority of the crew survived and were later rescued, which allowed in, investigators to pinpoint the cause. No survivors, no cause. Again, we have to kind of say that, is that nobody lived. We don't know what happened. Right. So, we move to Theory 2. Hmm. Okay. Collision with the USS Swordfish. The USS Technically USS a big whoopsie-do. Honestly, I just imagine just a massive swordfish just fucking running to something. Oh my god, you have no idea. Like, the, the way that this is run out is so fucking stupid. I'm surprised we haven't had more accidents. So, the second theory put forward regards the possibility of an accident and a cover-up. So the collision theory is popular amongst ex-Soviet naval officers, which doesn't scream bias at all. Yeah, I mean, um, who, way to blame it on the Americans. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Who placed the USS Swordfish, which was a skate-class nuclear submarine, at the site of the K-129's disappearance and sinking, subsequently. Uh, Na- U.S. Navy sources would state that immediately following K-129's disappearance, Swordfish docked in Yokosuka, Japan, for emergency repairs to a bent periscope, apparently caused by ice. So, the reason why... And there's a couple things happening outside of this, too. Is if you're a big Cold War sort of history buff, we had the USS Pueblo incident that was going on. And without getting into too much details, basically that was like a big moment where where the North Koreans basically seized an American boat. I think it was a CIA spy ship if I'm not wrong, but it was it was part of the government, and basically 
stole it or i.e. captured it and made a huge deal because they actually ended up accidentally killing uh, naval personnel by warning shot. But the fact was that the swordfish had basically been deployed because of that situation, that little incident that had happened. So there are two things supporting this specific theory, though. Was that knowing the way that U.S. submarine captains worked during this time, and basically up until, I think just right now even, I'm assuming we're still doing the same thing, is that U.S. Navy submarine captains often would shadow Soviet missile submarines in order to gain information on the Soviets, i.e. knowing what kind of sub it was, knowing its route, knowing its detection right. range, just basically shadowing it to say, if you do anything fucking sketchy, we will ventilate you. That's basically how things would work. Now, ideally, that wasn't going to happen, but the thing is, the Soviets, on the other hand, their captains basically knew that in order to shake a U.S. submarine, you had to do some drastic Tokyo Drift kind of moves. Jesus. Basically meaning that the Russian Navy captains, or the submarine captains in this case, literally would do what was called Crazy Ivans, where a submarine would just stop, dead in the water, pull to the side... And just drift and listen. I was going to joke about drifting, but literally they just fucking... Nope. Yeah, for real. They would do just random stops, movements to the left or right. And if you were a captain, and remember, there's no windows on a submarine. <laughs> meaning, if you fuck this up, you will cause an international incident, probably. <laughs> fuck it, let's drift this way, guys. We got this. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the, of the fucking running in the 90s theme. Running in the 90s. I just think of fucking... Just drift the fucking submarine. I just think of fucking Vin Diesel being like, right, guys, this is for the family. This is for the family. <laughs> and he just, like, it's just... He just fucking... Oh, my God. This is for you, Dom. <laughs> fucking Paul Walker. He's got it's a picture you, of Paul Walker above the fucking... It's Brian O'Connor's. Is oh, it? my God. This is for you, Brian. Fucking just steps on the pedal and drifts the fucking 10,000 times. All you somewhere. see is like the slow mo of the sub just going. Oh my. It's just this, like really quiet, just like a drifting. <laughs> and then just. <laughs> God, it's so fucking stupid, but it's funny. So, uh, the fact was that basically those two factors tell us that because you have US captains following close to a submarine and you have Soviet captains basically doing unexpected maneuvers. There is the opportunity for you to basically break check the fucking <laughs> nuclear submarine behind you and cause a fucking problem where I don't think that homeowners insurance sub I don't know so insurance me is not going to cover that fucking situation. The unfortunate thing is too they couldn't come out and be like, "Hey, you hit my sub." Well, just exchange information <laughs> on the submarine. Look at you fucking dented the fucking thing. <laughs> I just got it fixed. <laughs> That's a terrible Russian accent. That's pretty bad. Goddamn. Anyway. So, that being said, sorry, I had to, like, swallow for a second because I've got dry mouth. I'm not smoking weed, I swear. Um, that being the case, though, was the fact that there's a lot of separate details that got pinned together. So, the information about, sort of, captain behaviors and shit like that was, you know, it made it semi-plausible. The fact was that the swordfish had ended up going in for repairs. However, and I will add pictures to the website in this case if you're interested in it, so be prepared for that, is that the only thing that got damaged on the swordfish was the fucking periscope. 
Now, unless your periscope is like fucking strong as shit to knock out a Russian submarine, I don't <laughs> think that's a reasonable fucking thought. I just imagine. So, so you should think of Inglorious Bastards. Remember, like Donnie, <laughs> Donnie the Jew, or whatever the one guy. Oh, no, the bear just, Jew. Like, the bear. Just reminds me of him, just like standing on top of a submarine, going, "Fucking come at me!" <laughs> with the fucking bat. <laughs> He's just, like, underwater with a fucking scuba tank. He just bashes the side of the Russian submarine and just buckles and explodes. And he just stands there, watching, stands there and watches it happen. Babe Ruth turned the All-Stars! It's like, oh, this is the fucking mistake. Anyway. Donnie the Scuba Jew. The scuba oh, Jew. The stu- did you just call him the Scuba Jew? Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Hey, listen, I don't have any problems with Jewish people. I was just trying to adapt it's, to the Tarantino movie. Okay? Shout out. I'm not anti-Semitic. Promise. I would hope not. I'm not! <laughs> well, I never assumed that much. Anyway, the, the quiet has now caused us to have to fill our own conspiracy theories with information. You fucking cretins. Anyway, so that being the case, though, is that the swordfish's damage, if it had actually hit another submarine, would have been far worse than a bent, to, like, periscope. Like, it would have basically been, like, the sail, everything would have been fucked up. Assume it kind of the same situation as, like, running into another car. If you bumper touch a car in front of you... If you pee-pee touch another yes. car in front of you... If you fucking decide to sword fight with the car in front of you with your dong, the situation is, if it's lower the speed, the less damage you're going to create. Meaning you might dent the bumper, but not a big deal. You'll both walk away already. A little tippity tap tap on the, the bumper will work. Yep. Again, this is a ten thousand, or well, not ten thousand ton, but it's a fucking heavy boat. And Newton's third law of motion. How heavy was it? No, I'm just <laughs> heavier than your mom. Oh, that's not surprising. It's <laughs> no, kissing no one's Luke's mom weighs a ton. Ah. Uh, anyway, is it again Newton's third law of motion? A object in motion remains in motion means that you're going to yes, jerk right up into that thing and you will cause some serious damage enough to sink another cell. But the fact is that it just doesn't add up because you're basically saying that all that light damage means that somehow you fucked up another boat. <laughs> and that's kind of where it ends. Wait, again. is it possible... That the boat drifted so hard that it cracked the tank, thereby it cracked the battery. It drifted so hard that it exploded from all the drifting energy. No. It was all the G's. The fucking everybody just passed out. She went to a nosedive. No, I got it. It Vin Diesel so hard. Vin Diesel's fucking axe body spray passed out the helmsman, and the boat just nosedived into the ground, and it was followed by eight police cars, like from the Blues Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Just running into the bottom. Anywho. So, I think we can say theory number two is hashtag debunked. Pretty much, yeah. So, number three is the missile explosion theory. Now... While this does seem kind of outlandish... Hold on, no, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Just one comment on the second one. Mm-hmm. If you think about why they would have propagated... The Soviet would have wanted to propagate that theory, it makes a little bit of sense, because it's like, okay, no. Uh, listen, our guys were way too smart to have the hydrogen it's those fucking battery cowboys. blow up. It, it's definitely the Americans' fault, which makes sense. It, it's the middle of the Cold War. They definitely want to blame it on America, yeah. and they definitely would not want to take any blame themselves. Well, no, absolutely, right? Because it looks bad. It looks like you're basically saying, like, because of the dumb shit stuff that you do 
with a $10 million piece of government equipment that if it was your fault, that's going to look bad. Again, but, also because of retribution. Because right. if somebody, if that commander who's in charge of like the, that, that's that particular sub... If they found out that it was his, that that crew's fault, it'd be his ass. Yeah. Literally, he'd be fucking probably in some camp. Probably. And the fact is that that theory persists because, I mean, obviously, like, Russian submarines will constantly shadow, like, NATO warships and shit. There are hundreds of examples where collisions have happened. It's not crazy, but given the specifics of the situation, too, because the swordfish wasn't even really in the remote location they found the wreck... It doesn't match up. It doesn't make sense. Have we also thought that the swordfish just had such a big fucking periscope? Like, he was just packing so much Fucking stuff. that big, <laughs> uncircumcised periscope that he just it's rammed just, it, it was just into too big. fucking end zone. <laughs> it's too big. It's too damn big. What are you doing, step bro? Where's Jimmy McMillan? This goddamn periscope too damn big! God damn, it's too damn big! <laughs> Sorry, that is funny to me. Because that uh, would be absolutely hilarious. What's less hilarious, though, is being... Blown up in a fireball. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's painful. So, theory number three. Theory number three. What's behind door number three? Specifically, <laughs> is one that I buy into because okay. there is precedent. Well, there's isn't precedent, but there is another I'm example. Still, I'm still skeptical. It's here. Yeah. What's, what's the theory? What, what do we got here? I love that at least you're like semi-skeptical, but still willing to listen. Unlike like other podcasters that are like, it's wrong. Fuck you. Well, I haven't heard the theory yet. So fair what is enough. It? <laughs> that's the good thing is that you haven't heard the details yet. What are the details? So, there's another theory that postulates that the three nuclear missiles that the cave 129 housed in its sail inadvertently sunk the submarine. <laughs> yeah. Um, bit of an embarrassment, but it's <laughs> okay. not through human error. So, how would this happen? Let's explain. So, the most probable place for this theory looks at the hatch seals on the missile tubes on a submarine of this category. So... Again, because it's a nuclear submarine, you can't just launch a missile dead ass from water. Like no, that you can't. stuff doesn't work. Because there uh, are physics involved. There have been years of details and lots of Nazis who basically said, "You know what you have to do? You have to put it in a dry place, and then only then could you complete the set right." It's like that. And then they had to I was shoot talking, that scientist I was because talking, that scientist was a fucking listen. I was talking with my buddy Hans, and Hans said, why, why can't you just shoot it from the water? And I was like, Hans, no, you can't shoot it from the water. Hans. Listen, you can't do it. <laughs> and that was the story. Hans. My name look is at my eyes. Look at Hans, my eyes. Hans, look, Hans, at Hans. look at me. Look at me. Okay, it's me. I'm the captain now. It's me look, at me. look at me. I'm the captain now. It's me, your buddy Franz. <laughs> <laughs> why would you be so stupid? Come on, we are Hans in France. Yeah. We are Hans it's in France. Like we, <laughs> we are Hans in France. We are top nuclear scientists. <laughs> top scientists from the, from the... It's like the fucking from, the dude from Dr. Strangelove. Who's just yeah. like, Mein Führer, I can walk! It's like that kind of guy. Yeah. But it's a dude who can't even fucking sit in a wheelchair, right? Um, But yeah. Yeah. This is also, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, you really should. Please, God, you gotta watch it. It's a fuck. Honestly, we fine. might even do a movie review episode on that I sometime. I would. I've watched it twice now. Maybe, maybe that'll be coming up the pike. Yeah. You never know. Coming down the pipe. You never know. Up and down. You never know what direction the pipe's gonna. Up, hit. down, around. You never know. Anyway, anyway. so, so hatch seals. Yes. Was- In this situation, the hatch seals would probably be to blame. 
Now, before you and Lucas, you might be asking yourself, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I I think I kind of visualized it actually. So I'm assuming there's some sort of hatches that have to open up that would allow for the missile to be able to be launched from the submarine. Yes. So now I'm assuming what you're saying is the hatch seals are if they leak. It will make the submarine start sinking because of the buoyancy requirements of a submarine to be able to float. Actually, that's not far off from what you have, but actually the buoyancy requirements is a little bit more exciting. Okay. Um. So. But I was on the right. right yeah, you're on the right path. Sick. All right. So again, it's an explosion, and the situation in this case is that, according to the theory, is that the submarine specifically had a hatch seal that basically was leaking seawater. Okay. Now, given the situation of a missile's propellants, we're talking not solid fuel, it's more liquid. Okay. Meaning it's like gasoline and whatever else it is. Basically, there's a situation where seawater comes in contact with that propellant, it will fucking cause an explosion. Yikes. Yeah. Or at the very least, it will cause gas that will later cause an explosion. So not a good situation all around. And basically, what they're saying is that within the sail, one of the war- or the submarines just fucking exploded, blew a like twenty foot hole in the ship and sent her to the bottom, which is pretty instantaneous. Like that, yeah. there's no pain in that. There's no like waiting on the bottom to die. I guess my question would be: These are nuclear missiles, right? Yes. So if there's an explosion. What would have prevented the other missiles from going off uh, along with the explosion? Well, that's the fun part. Nothing really sets off, like, if one explosion happens, the next warhead over is going to blow up, because that's just how shit like that works, right? If you think, like, basic video game logic, you cluster explosive barrels together, one goes off, the rest of them will go off. Yep, okay. But, one of the things is that, if you're talking warheads... Warheads! They're out of control! Sorry. Pretty much. (laughs) They're out! That shit's out of bounds! That's out of bounds! This is fucking Guy Fieri. It's Guy Fieri. He's a time fan. It's Guy Fieri, the special episode of Flavor Town. Guy Fieri's the reason why K1 just standing next, Just standing next to a couple of missiles. That's out of bounds! That shit's out of bounds! He's like, I don't want to die this way! <laughs> so, basically, is that the fuel boosters basically went off. And if one goes off, yes, it will cause damage. But if more than one goes off, it's likely that they will cause enough structural damage to sink a submarine of that kind. Right. Again, it's not like, say, more of the modern submarines where you have all the missiles sort of set up in a series of silos behind, like, the most important part of the submarine. These are literally right in the command center. See, here's... This shit goes off, everyone dies. Here's my thought process here. Go ahead. I'm going to get a little conspiratorial here, but not too far-fetched. Do it. The problem I have with this theory is if there's a bunch of nukes going off in the middle of the ocean... I realize there's a lot of area in the ocean. Yes. I don't think that this would have happened without somebody knowing. See, that's I'm not discrediting the theory. I'm just saying that I don't see how you could still how you could still be missing if a bunch of nukes just went off in the middle of the ocean. I think somebody would be aware that that happened. See, Lucas Jaganinski over here asking the big questions. That's the thing. And we'll get to this. Will you hold on to that question? Okay. Because that actually comes into contact here in a minute. So, there are three indicators, though, that suggest this theory to be true. So, number one, during the investigation of the wreck and later recovery of some of the crew members, because there were people inside the boat that remained there, there were signs of radioactive contamination that were found on both the materials and on the human remains that were recovered. In this situation, the radiation in question turned out to be a weapons-grade plutonium. 
Okay. So, if we're talking a missile, a warhead goes off, the radiation's still going to be there. Right. However, number two, during that same investigation of the wreck itself, there were strong signs of buckling and what was called dieseling while submerged. And basically, in a sense, dieseling is just saying there was a fire inside the submarine that took up the oxygen and charred surfaces. Okay. So there were dark marks. There was just indi- is indication there was a fire inside and it was either fast or it was violent. Now that would point to fire or implosion. And the third one is that there's another piece of evidence points towards a missile explosion in that an after report that was made on the operation in the submarine situation made mention there was an unusual 10-foot, 3-meter hole in the back portion of K-129 sail okay, yeah, slash conning good. And the placement of this hole would be around missile tube number 3. Okay. Okay. So, in this situation... Mm-hmm. While you had mentioned the warheads going off, what's crazy about it is that in most cases, a nuclear warhead is actually designed not to explode via accident like that. So what would happen was, yes, the warhead would have exploded, but think of it like it would not have been a nuke blast so much as like basically sticking dynamite next to him and then basically chunks of radioactive material going everywhere. There would have been no nuclear blast. So we wouldn't have noticed it. Like, it wouldn't have been the sea boiling and we would have noticed three full-scale one-megaton warheads blowing up. Yeah. But that's a good theory, right? That's the thing, is that the radiation would explain, or the radiation on the people and on the material recovered would explain that the warheads fail-safe would have worked. Right. That they would have exploded like a regular explosive but would not have detonated in a way that would have been a mass destruction event. To play devil's advocate... Go ahead. We could assume that maybe one of them went off and and, and someone noticed. Oh, there's a possibility. We could assume that one of the failsafes didn't work. There's a possibility. And one of them did actually detonate. There is a possibility of that, right? Because, again, it's, it's a grand space of ocean. But one of the things to consider is that while K-129's situation, and I will get to this in a second was not near any habitable landform, because remember, it's the Pacific, so there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of sand spit islands Mm -hmm. with not a lot going on. You are pretty near Midway and Pearl Harbor. You are, yes. Yes, so in that situation, where her last point was and where they found her was closest to Midway. So you think a nuke in that case, you'd probably still see it. But that's a good point, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But also, you could argue, again, devil's yeah, advocate, you could argue that even if the U.S. did know about it, there's a Would chance they, they just didn't tell anybody because, hey, point. you don't want the Americans to freak out thinking this, the Russians are now attacking us Exactly. if it was just an accident. Exactly, because that's what the CIA wants us to think. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The CIA and the FBI... Both fucking sketchy as hell. Sketchy. Let's be not real. Honest. The best. There are definitely things that they do not tell us. No, God no. Uh, and that's for this sure. This is one of those. So I mean, God, I am torn a little bit here. I will just one other question here. Go ahead. Couldn't you? Okay, so if there was a fire, theory number one, the hydrogen fire. Yeah. Could you argue that that fire would have also caused those that radiation because wouldn't the fire also cause the explosions? Well, from and the, that's the thing. The so. In, oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, I was just, that, I was done. You're good? Okay. So, 
It, and that's a good question because, again, an explosion on a submarine of this case is always going to be something that says, like, what happens, right? Because right. chain events happen on boats, especially warships and shit like that. In a hydrogen explosion, while that would happen, the explosion would happen in the engine compartment, which would have been pretty far away, I think, from most of the warheads and most of the rockets in general. But, like I said... And without getting into all the specifics and the mechanics of this, is that if a hydrogen explosion happens, enough to blow a hole in the pressure hull and let the water in, it's pretty much instantaneous. Right. That sub is done. Like, if you survive, you're not going to live through it anyway. Makes sense. Yeah, I think the Kursk situation in, like, 2000, if for people, again, who are, like, big naval buffs... The Kursk situation was the cruise missile submarine that basically they mm-hmm. had a situation where they had a torpedo explosion that was non-nuclear, but basically what ended up happening was it sent the sub to the bottom with compartments of crew remaining alive inside, but yet no one ended up getting out in the end. So what happened was if the sub exploded, the water would just flood all the compartments, right. make it neutral buoyant, and center to the bottom. And that would have been it. It would have been pretty much instantaneous. Okay. So it, that's a good point, right? But in that case, that wouldn't explain why the missile tube hatches exploded. And if it did, you know, it, it could be a, a, a number of things, right? So that's not discrediting your right. your position, right? It could right. say an explosion happened, somehow rocked a missile, sent that shit off, center of the bottom, right? And so the one thing with yeah. uh, the the first two theories almost seem like what each side would have wanted the other one to think. Pretty much. Like the yeah. first theory sounds like the Americans saying, "Okay, this was just malfunction this on was a like Russian human ship." Error slash and mechanical the, fuck up. Yeah, and the second one yeah. sounds a lot like what the Russians would want the Americans to hear, or what they would tell their citizens. You know, like, "Oh, well, this was just look at the Americans. The American warship around. just like it was behind us, and we couldn't get out of the way, and like Russians are dead now." Playing fuck around to find out. I mean, the yeah. third option, I do think there's a lot of possibilities here there is yeah and so okay so within that of course you know we're talking like this explosion would have been pretty much the same as like detonating dynamite inside an enclosed space like nothing the damage would have been absolute at best yeah one of the things though is that while this does seem like an isolated incident there's another incident that happened for real in the 80s god damn it where a Russian Yankee 3, I think, which is just another form of ICBM submarine, which is not important. If you want to Google it, look it up. I think it was K1... It was 219. It was literally the same three combinations of numbers. Jesus Christ. Had a missile, <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> literally had a missile hatch leak that resulted in the sub blowing a, a missile, causing damage, where she had to surface... And then basically sank off of a thing like Cape Hatteras. That there's another lost sub with nuclear warheads sitting off the coast of the United States somewhere. And apparently the CIA may or may not have stolen those missiles too. Um that, however, indicates that it is a possibility because in that case, yes, the typhoon was stronger, it could withstand a blast, a gulf. Not so much. Meaning, if a missile went off, again, she's done. That's it. She She's finished. Right. And, and that would explain why you heard a loud-sized bang 
on Sosis arrays, basically saying like something fucking went off that could be heard right. on underwater microphones, and why, possibly why a submarine of that kind would just go missing. So is that still the third theory? That's or still the, the third theory. Okay. Fourth theory. Okay. The least credible theory. I can't wait for this one. Is Bring that it there off. was a course deviation resulting in a crew mutiny, or that somehow, some way, there was a rogue missile launch. Okay, so the first three, plausible. Plausible. This one. Third one, really fucking plausible. You know what this one is? Hell no. I'll tell you what this one is. I don't even need... Bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit, but what it is, is this is Cold War paranoia... Pretty much. Pretty much producing a theory. Like This, this is like, is like the McCarthy theory. Make, so not to cut you off... But the way I think of it, like, this is like a James Bond level novel sort of plot device rammed into real life, real life events. Well, I mean, and not to talk too much shit about this, because it makes sense why people would think this. Yeah. It, because it's a theory formed out of fear. Yes. Right? And a lot of people in this time might have actually bought into this theory, because we, I talk about this all the time. The Cold War is a time when people were literally scared that their next door neighbor was a Russian spy. Yeah. So if you're already, like, buying into the possibility that, that that could be true, this isn't that far off. No. And so, to give credence, like I said, we could say this much. What makes it feasible, at least within the, within the American mind, because, again, between Americans and Russians, there's a massive divide as to how they see each other. Right. Like, if, if you want to see a good example of this, I've watched, and, and this is not a promotion, but I'm just saying this right now. It's an unpaid promotion on my part, is you should watch the, there's a, oh, Jesus, there's a... Unpaid promotion, no, 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 Jake, no, no, can no, ever no. think I, of it. I'm trying to think of it's HBO. I don't know exactly what the service provider is, but I know you can find it online. What is the... Is the Man Who Saved the World. Okay. Which is about... Um, Was that about that uh, that one Russian guy who, like, could have, like, hit the button to, yeah. like, nuke, but did Pretty not... Pretty much. This, he... was about, this is about Petrov, who basically, yes. in the 80s, there was a mechanical failure with the early warning system in the Soviet Union, and he basically was the one guy who made the decision not to, like, retaliate launch missiles, because it turned out to be a confusion on the part of the sensors on their satellite, because... Well, it doesn't really the matter. Sunlight was reflecting off of clouds in Nevada. So basically, yeah, he. So yeah, but that's um, getting back to where yeah. we're coming from. But in an explanation as to why I bring this up is because between the two sides, both Russians and Americans who have lived through that time frame, deeply suspicious of the other's intentions. Mm -hmm. So within the sort of tribalistic thinking that Americans and Russians have amongst against one another. In that documentary specifically, there was a lot of situations where he would go to the United States, talk to people. There was an incident, or not an incident, but there was a, a series part of it where basically he went to the United States. He went to this, like, Minuteman silo out in, like, Arizona somewhere. It's mm -hmm. like, it was a national park at this point. And basically, while the guy is telling him, like, we were awaiting a Russian attack, he gets upset and says, we were awaiting your attack. We were defending ourselves. So there's right. this feeling of, like, we're not going to start it. You're going to start it. Well, that's how both sides shit. felt. Yeah. yeah. So that lends credence to the idea of, like, we can't trust the Russians. We can't trust them. Because what the fuck would they do? They would blow us up. Right. right? That's well, the yeah, thing that that's... is the fear of, like, a preemptive strike that would basically buckle the American system 
where the Russians would go in, i.e., like Red Dawn or some shit like that. Which I, I mean, don't that's like the that part that movie. nobody talks about really is the fact that the only thing produced is mass paranoia from both sides. Yes, nobody won from this situation. Maybe except for the the militaries of both countries. We basically America technically won, but in the end, we basically let the paranoia shift back to ourselves. Well, everybody wasted time, resources, and a whole bunch of other shit so on, on all of this money. on all of this posturing. So much fucking money. I like honestly, if I show you the figures, I think we're in like the quadrillions of dollars as to how much we spent from yeah. like the nineteen forties to the nineteen nineties. Yeah. Yeah, so... But, so basically, like, it, this fourth theory, from what I understand, we really don't have much of evidence at all. There's one guy, there's one book, and I own that book, and I've read that book, that is the only one outside some, like, really sketchy accounts that kind of lift it to the point of it being semi-realistic. So, final theory is that the K-129 had deviated from its patrol zone and or had gone rogue, pretty much stating that mm, that theory has most of its footing in the fact that the area of K-129's resting place had been way off of its intended path of patrol. Basically stating it was going to go off, maybe lay off an American territory or naval base, sit there, and leave. It's extremely unlikely well, not unlikely, but it's extremely unusual for a submarine of that kind of payload to just deviate the fuck off its path route and go down, like... Okay, but they're basing that off of where it ended up. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that just possible that that's where it ended up when it sunk? Like, and it was on the path, but then, yeah. like, if you have a massive explosion, the ship is not going to be in the same fucking place. Well, it's it's going to drift. So, it is going to drift. That actually happens. One of the strange things, though, is that, again, we kind of shoot back to John Craven in this one because his statement ends up in there. But honestly, I don't know if Craven's statement is taken out of context here. Is that the fact that the K-129 crossed the international dateline at 40 degrees north latitude, which put her far south of the expected position she was supposed to be in. Basically meaning if you have a map up, the international dateline is... I know where it is, yeah, actually. you do, yeah. which is good. In the Pacific, specifically, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically, it's, um, if you go past China and keep going east just a little bit, yeah. eventually you get to the International Dateline, and when you pass that, you're back into the, uh, Like, sort of, like, like Western Coast Dateline. Yeah. Area. Yeah. And the fact is, though, is that by crossing that latitude, she was way off course by a bit. And in Craven's book specifically, he states that the K-129 should have been farther north at a latitude of 45 degrees. The thing is that it doesn't seem like much, thinking about it on like a globe scale, that's about 300 plus miles away. Okay. That's a bit of a jump for a submarine to go that far. But again, we don't know anything about the orders that were given. Maybe something changed midway through and... Well, yeah, I mean, my first question is, how can you know that that's exactly where that submarine was supposed to go in that given time? See, that's the thing, too, is where where I started casting doubt was, like, the position, the exact position, is still technically a classified secret. And the other thing, too, is, if they're being... Who's to say? Okay, so, they're obviously probably still being tailed by a U.S. submarine, right? If that's the case. Okay, but... Or even, they're at least even, afraid of that. Even if that theory is not to be believed, like, even if that's not why it crashed... 
it's entirely possible they're still being trailed by a U.S. submarine. They're still trying to divert and, and yeah, to possible, get away yeah. from the submarine. And that could explain why it's off course, too. doesn't mean to necessarily hit the other submarine. But maybe they were trying to evade one. Pull it way off mark, yeah. Yes. Or, or the fact is this, is that, you know, when you look at certain things, too, I mean, even so, 300 miles is a lot of fucking distance Sorry. to cover. I get it, but this theory is bullshit. It is bullshit, but that's what makes it compelling. Because there's that slight kernel of, like, could it have been? That really does kind of make, like, honestly, in my mind, part of me is like, that would be kind of fucking interesting if it was real. I mean, this would be okay. This Even is, literally, a little this bit is of it literally a Hollywood movie. If oh it's yeah, real, which there is literally is a Hollywood movie made about that part, which is already making me think this is bullshit. No, but see, it's interesting. So, one of the things that Craven asserted was that if it was a navigational mistake, and this is a direct quote from him, it would have been an error of historic proportions. Oh no, fucking shit! Yeah, exactly. But again, why wouldn't? Like, it's only based on one book and a bunch of other outside theories are kind of like, it's a possibility. The problem is you could literally poke a hole in it with one question. One question. How do you know that that's the exact spot that that submarine was supposed to be going? Exactly. And you already, your theory is already fucked. Yeah. So, if those facts are considered, again, I'm only playing this as the neutral here. I get it. This would mean the K-129 had deviated from a patrol route by a big margin, which was troubling to say the least. The fact is, though, is that Portions of Craven's assessments don't hold water regarding why it would be impossible for the submarine to have been assigned a new patrol zone, which again is possible, why an oceanographic ship operating off of Hawaii's island chain recovered a highly radioactive oil slick that would have likely come from a submarine, which is hundreds of miles away. The fact is they basically took little side details. And remember, when we're talking shit that, like, shit picked up on the ocean surface drifts. It drifts right. a good distance. Which makes sense because the ocean is constantly moving. Yeah, exactly. It's constantly moving. Now, the fact is... <laughs> I, love how, I love how fucking it is. It's constantly moving. You're right. <laughs> Just That's like, right. So God. why the I, fuck I, would you make this assessment? I don't like how we really started to sound like conspiracy theories. That's great. I feel like the details, man. They don't want you like, to know. This is fucking like ancient aliens, but for ships. Fucking, I am sweating. That's how aggressively I'm standing, too. But if this Cold War submarine no. drifted 300 miles away from its intended location... It was picked up by aliens and dropped after did it the find aliens the mysterious? Decided, yeah. Did it find the mysterious lost col- col- colony of Atlantis? Atlantis? Yeah, exactly. Did it find out where Roanoke was? Did it find the Oak Island curse? Jesus Christ. This is literally the algorithm of a fucking History Channel show. Okay, but we are fucking debunking this actively. Oh, no, they do good. not. That's what we should be doing. So, that's the course deviation, and that somehow, some way, through some... Again, he doesn't explain why the sub would have sunk via the course deviation, other than the fact that the crew would have mutinied is somehow and sunk her. They ran into the mythical demon of the Kraken. <laughs> What 14th Kraken's- century maps. That's fucking Jesus. No. <laughs> oh my god. I, okay, I have to take a moment because I I had to watch a series of ancient aliens that actually kind of. Okay, if you don't them. take it seriously, they're fucking hilarious. No, they are. They're hilarious. And at a certain point where I'm watching ancient aliens, I just get viscerally upset as to how you many, just like, you take it too seriously, man. It's all bullshit. I know it's bullshit, but the fact is, it makes me angry because out there somewhere in the real world, somebody's like. Seems reasonable. It's okay, like, no. But honestly, though, if you believe that, you believe anything because they take some wild swings in the dark oh in that my show. God. My favorite <laughs> ones are the ones where they're like, "Did aliens 
fuck ancient humans to make humans. It's like, An no. alien human hybrid. Is it possible? <laughs> is it possible that ancient gray aliens laid pipes so deep, so good, that it made that whap slap? Here's the thing. The answer is, is no. Here's the thing. Is fucking crazy. I love how they they present the most ridiculous questions, and they always start with, "Is it possible?" <laughs> it's like it is. It is. No, it's not, not possible. possible. And then it, don't ask an open-ended question on a <laughs> bullshit question that you're asking me. Is it possible? No. The ancient Zangrinians. <laughs> Did you just say ancient linguini? <laughs> the Zangrinians. That's a fucking pasta. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Anyway, um, shit. So, yeah. Do we have any more to talk about with this theory? Because it pisses no, no, me no, off. No, no, we, we do, yeah. So, the other iteration based on that course deviation is the theory that K-129 may have attempted an unauthorized missile launch. <laughs> to which a crude mutiny resulted in the vessel being destroyed. I.E. Hollywood movie. So. So, wait, let me get this straight. Yeah, They're saying that they're like. Who's well, they? The captain. It's just was, one fucking guy. The captain was like. Listen, we are going to launch this missile. And the crew is like, no, we can't allow you to do that. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of weird like that because it's not the captain and crew in this case. So, a lone private decided he was going to launch a missile. Here's the bit that makes me upset. I, this whole thing is making me upset. The majority so. of the evidence comes from the theory postulated by Ken Sewell's... I think it's Sewell's or Sewell's... I don't even care. This is a stupid theory, so fuck his name. Five book, shut up while I place it out. Book, Red Star Rogue. <laughs> oh, like, no! That sounds like a goddamn movie! You it can't is, name your book is. that! Do you, okay, if you really want to, listener at home... Don't read this book! No, 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 don't read the book, because the book is very interesting in the terms of, like, if you really want to read it with an empty mind, it will still make you stupid. The fact is that there was a movie that had Harrison Ford in it. He did not. He yes. did not. It is called... Tell me Han Solo did not do this. <laughs> and it may not be Han Solo. Actually, it might be Liam Neeson. Okay, that makes more sense. It, it, that fits his career a lot more than Harrison Ford. I it, I think Harrison Ford was also in another one. It was called K-19 Widowmaker. That actually is based on semi-realistic historical events. But that being said, we won't get into that. Is that in Sewell's book... He basically claims that K-129's position was indicative of the beginning stages of a sort of, like, one-off first-strike nuclear launch against the Pearl Harbor naval base. Now, according to his book, the aim of that launch was that the U.S. was going to basically get hit and that the Soviets were going to mimic an attack by the Chinese, which was also... Kind of, they were kind of the same situation. If you follow Cold War logic, there was a Sino-Soviet rift that was happening around the same time because the Russians and the Chinese were not seeing eye to eye on certain things. Which is ironic now. Well, <laughs> it is. It is ironic. And the fact is that, according to what he was saying, is that the Chinese, they were basically the Soviets, or a small coup of like hardliners within the Soviet government, were basically going to mimic a, a Chinese attack that would allow the Americans to hit the Chinese. And then the Russians would basically launch on the Americans, basically ensuring this is world dominance. I don't fucking know. That's fucked. I don't even understand. It, it gets interesting. So there's a so that being the case, is that it would instigate a war between the Chinese and the United States, and the Russians would somehow come out on top because the Russians didn't like the Chinese, and they didn't like the U.S., and there's a bunch of shit here. Um, so Sewell uses this theory to explain the fact that K-129 was... Fairly close to Oahu. Um, when it went down, which 
would state that she would need to launch her missiles at a capability that could be matched to like the Chinese at the time, which would have been fairly close because the Chinese were just now starting to figure out sort of sure. missile launch capabilities. Sewell's claim for the cause of the destruction sits with the possible detonation of a missile during the launch process, which, in this case, he's just pulling multiple bits from different theories to fit his theory. I, I Basically stating that there was a small fail-safe circuit within the missile's warhead that would self-destruct in the event of an unauthorized launch. Basically stating that a crew member literally had to suicide pack this fucker and send her to the bottom to save everybody else. Which is interesting if it were true, but it's not. Um, it's not true. So his theory, however, has a lot of fucking inconsistencies. Oh, buddy, here we go. We're oh, shit, you're telling shit me? Apart. Yeah, you're telling me there's yes, inconsistencies here. we are. I mean, because I, I hate all of this That's shit good. so much. So, see, I I'm not as mad as you were at Lysenko, but I'm fucking getting there. Still oh, can... no, no. it's it, I was pissed reading this because it's all nonsense, but I still have to give it somewhat credence because otherwise people are going to be like, this is interesting. Um, so the first point is this, is that the CIA's claims put the resting place of the submarine at around 1,560 nautical miles northwest of Hawaii. Is it, is it possible? It's That's not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And no! That the submarine only stopped. We're going to fucking commercial! When it hit the geodesic dome of Atlantis. <laughs> fucking, you are starting shit right now. <laughs> I'm about to fucking snap off... I hate you have just somehow included flat earthing into this shit in a way that wasn't fucking possible up until now. To be fair, I'm just fucking around. I don't believe it is. I'm aware. I take it too seriously. I've forgotten how to smile. Sewell to that Yeah, he did this to me. So the fact is this. Is that again. If there is a possible detonation of a warhead, we're not going to fucking know. The Russians wouldn't tell us. Nor would the Americans for that matter. Pulling this talk shit, about because that. obviously we're going to say, you know, Russians, while we hate you, i.e. or while we're ideologically different, we're not going to fucking just yeet each other <laughs> into a fucking nuclear <laughs> exactly. war. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So the fact is this. If the CIA's estimates are to be believed, which they should be, because why the fuck would you do that? is that the max firing range of the Gulf 2 is something to the tune of about 750 nautical miles. So if the sub is destroyed in the process of firing a missile, it wouldn't have hit Pearl. It's way the fuck off of, like, even the minimum range that they would have had to do to even make it look remotely like a like a Chinese attack. Again, some bullshit. It's bullshit. Bullshit alert. Now, the fact is this. It wouldn't have been Pearl Harbor... At the very minimum, it would have been Midway, but still, the fact is... Fuck, would you attack Midway Exactly. For? What the... No f- one gives a shit about... It's literally... Mid- I mean, the we, only time we gave a shit was in WW2, and we thrashed the fuck. We do have a naval base at Midway. We do. But, but it's, it's not, not as indicative. It's, yeah, it's not, not a U.S. state. It's not going to result in a fucking massive retaliation, because if it is that, yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's there's too many open ends. Right. Number two... <laughs> Sewell's claim that a Soviet submarine was attempting to impersonate a Chinese submarine gets undercut by the fact that, well, the plan, which is the PLAN, which is People's Liberation Army Navy, which is it's the Chinese Navy's sure. acronym, yeah. possessed a similar submarine. They possessed the Gulf II at the time. Sure. They didn't develop launch system capabilities for subs until the fucking 1970s. <laughs> Rules out 1968 entirely. Yeah. 
Further evidence against the rogue theory is that between leaving port and when the last contact was made, K129 made no attempt to cover her actual identity. <laughs> if you wanted to be hide. Chinese, you would have said you were Chinese from the fucking get-go. You wouldn't have changed identities midway through and said, fuck it, we're Chinese now. Additional point. If we believe that U.S. subs could have been trailing this thing, there's no way this would have worked. Because if U.S. subs are actively trailing Russian subs, it's not just going to buy that this sub is all of a sudden Chinese. Also, there would have been no reason for it to just, like, be Russian up until it stopped. Like, the fact is that, yeah, we again have to consider the fact that they're not going to just go up there and pronounce themselves. The Americans, if you're a Soviet captain, the Americans will know it's you. There's no fucking point in doing that. You don't have to say, look, this is a Russian sub. Yeah, this is a risky sub, by the way, here we are and what we do. Like, they're just not going to do that. But that doesn't make it a Chinese submarine. That doesn't no. make it that. So, the final nail in this coffin, fucking finally on this theory, comes from the alleged perpetrators. According to Sewell, again, is oh that there God. existed a conspiracy of high-ranked ideologues within the Communist Party. No, there's not. Including KGB chief Yuri Andropov. The then... Premier of the Soviet fucking Union in 1983, who was so fucking paranoid of an American attack that it almost caused the Third World War because the Americans and NATO were too fucking stupid not to do an exercise around the same time, basically stated that they were behind the alleged attack by placing KGB agents within the crew. Which, again, in a weird way, there were like a couple additional people added on but who fucking knows what their job was? That nothing states they were KGB. Nothing indicates that it was or it wasn't. Well, and even if they were KGB, I feel like that would also be kind of just like par for the course that there would just be KGB agents inserted on some submarines. It doesn't necessarily yeah, mean... that's called the fucking... No, so you're not even wrong. And not to cut you off, you're absolutely correct. Those are called fucking... Oh, what are they called? They're party officers. What the hell are they called? Um... The point being that this commissars, they're like commissars. Yeah, but the point being that this would not indicate that this plot was happening just because there might have been KGB agents or on the sub. Or a couple extra people. Who knows what yeah, they would exactly. have been doing? Maybe they were on technical patrol for all I fucking know. Or maybe the ship that is happens having, all the time. The ship. They could have been mechanics for the ship. Maybe the ship was having problems. You don't know. Exactly. Right. Who knows? Could have been the fact that you had two subs with mechanical problems, and you just had fucking people on board to be like. Oh, by the way, we're going to just make sure shit doesn't go wrong or anything like that. And because the Russians basically were embarrassed, they just struck it and said, fuck it. There's nobody on board. Nobody existed. Fuck you. Your mom. Suck my dick. That's basically what happened. And that's what leaves this as such a massive problem. So that being the case, though, is that it's implausible at best because the KGB officers and the highest ranking military hardcore communists still have access to launch codes and all of the shit. I am so upset by this theory because you don't have to be fucking like a double agent spy to do this. You could just fucking do it. Yeah. You could just impersonate the. There are so many things that could... There are so many easier ways. That's why I... Okay, so that's basically what puts us to the end of this particular episode. But I do want to say out loud, if I had to base my money on a theory, this is our big fucking money shot question here, is that I honestly stick with number three as my theory. That it happened, they didn't know what happened, it was a missile explosion, instantaneous, that's it. I'll go number three, the caveat. 
I think it happened, but I think the U.S. also knew it happened. No, I think they did. I think that there was an explosion. The U.S. saw it and was like, we're not going to tell the American public about it. No, no, no. And that's the thing. It's, it's the CIA, and that's the problem. Yeah. The problem is this, is that I get if there are CIA people who work for the CIA that listen to this podcast, God bless you people. I don't know your jobs. Right. Don't, please don't shoot me in the face. Well, I mean, if probably it, technicians, to be honest. If they're we're talking shoot me, they're about the old CIA, not the new we're CIA. We're talking like the Bay of Pigs CIA. Yeah. We're talking like, fuck yeah, we'll like torture Viet Cong POWs to get information because that's how that works. But the fact is, is that my theory is that because there is an incident of it happening before, is that an explosion of a missile does seem likely because you have the hole in the side, you have the fact that there was a massive acoustic, you know, bang underwater, you have an explosion that literally split the sub in half, spoiler alert. You have, you know, it's, it's just all of the pieces seem to fit better in that theory than, whoa, there was a bunch of fucking whatevers who decided they wanted to launch it. I mean, my, know. I think that's what happened. My second theory is probably the hydrogen Explosion. explosion on the battery yeah that's a possibility and, and to be honest like i said and the russian theory specifically was that they were snorkeling to like exchange air and she fucking went below dive depth which again doesn't make sense because you unless you like absolutely didn't notice it on a recognized crew that doesn't make sense no and so that's kind of where i sit i sit on number three you think you number three in a mixture of like number three number two and number one <laughs> well n- number three and then number one would be second place but i really think number three would with the caveat that the U.S. definitely the US knew what happened. The U.S. probably knew, but just didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, we do that shit all the time. I just I find it hard to believe that the U.S. would not have known that a nuke went off in the middle of the ocean. Like, even I, if it wasn't a nuke. Like, that alone. Even an explosion. Even, even just an explosion the explosion of it. involving something like that. They knew. And, Especially and they, with it being so close to U.S. like territory, well, there's, there's the no thing. way they weren't patrolling. They did know. Even if the submarines were patrolling, we knew. And we right. know where it is. And we found it. And that is what transitions to the last episode of the series, yep. Project Azorian. And we will be giving we you that re- one. We will try to recover, maybe, this up. And we will go through its basic just development very quickly. I don't want to go through it. There's a lot of technical shit. I watched two documentaries for this series. And goddamn, the, the one, I love raising K129. But they have like a bunch of like dudes... Old gentlemen, dudes who literally, literally were pioneers in their field, and mass respect to these guys for doing this, who were able to do this another before feat of recovering something that deep. But goddamn, the whole thing is just technically like, well, we got the wide beams, and the wide beams are connected to the hydroacoustics, and the acoustics were XM27s, and I'll tell you, whoo, doggy, it's like just that kind of stuff. Tell you what, my brain's already tired. We'll talk about how they got this up next episode. Yeah. So. Um, we'll be coming back with that probably um, interspersed during the propaganda episode, and then we'll finish off the submarine series to give you guys a quick break after we just mm. basically diluted your understanding of reality. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is the conspiracy theory episode. We talk about what happened because we still don't know. Anyway, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, again, we appreciate all the ratings and stuff out there, um, feedback on the episodes. Um, again, if you haven't watched our new trailer, go check it out. Share that shit. We appreciate anything you guys do for us. Any questions, you can email us at, at <laughs> actistry101 at gmail.com. My brain is melted. Jake, you got any final words? Adios. 